Beer with the boys. Beer, 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 boys. Beer with the boys. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's happy hour show uh, where we're doing things again a little different um, as our very special guest pours himself another beer and slams it on the table. Good timing. <laughs> but we, if, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, or last week's happy hour episode, I, Scooter, was on the hot seat and we, or well, I guess we, I was interviewed. Um, by newly appointed seasonal co-host, potentially long-term co-host. Uh, we don't know. The contract's still in the works. Um, Sammy the Shark they and uh, J-Dog, the usual host, interviewed me um, to get to know me a little more because I feel like we don't talk about ourselves enough, and this is the opportunity we're taking to talk about ourselves. Um, and this week we have J-Dog, Oh, wait, hold on. I had this whole thing rehearsed in my head before. It's Jake, J-Dog, Mac Stevens, Mac Attack, Meckley. Here with us, the man who has more alter egos than he can even keep track of. I've lost count myself. But he's here, he's on the hot seat, and he's going to be our happy hour guest for today, or tonight. And how the hell are you feeling? Are you nervous? Are you, are you ready to rock this? Um, well, first of all, it's a, thanks for having me. It's, uh, uh it's good Don't to be you here. Take my joke. Um, Don't take my joke. <laughs> it's good. I'm not going to take your joke. <laughs> um, it's good to be here. I've, uh, um, you know, at the same place that I am every Tuesday evening for the foreseeable past and the foreseeable future here. I'm doing well. It's a holiday break. I haven't put normal pants on since the 18th, I think. You have pants uh, on now? I have pants on. Prove it. Um, They're sweatpants, (laughs) though. And and I took a shower today. So that's what happens when you're on break during a pandemic and you don't get to really go and do anything. So, uh, yeah, I feel I feel I feel all right. I'm a little nervous, but I'm uh, I like this kind of crap. I like interviews. I like being able to answer questions and ask questions and 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 learn something about myself because. I just say what's on my mind. The first thing that comes to comes to mind when I get asked a question. And again, this is an unedited show. Anything he says does not reflect all. Of, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Doesn't reflect all. Of does our not views. reflect the opinions of everybody. Um, and it will be used against you in the court of law. <laughs> yes, that is fine. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> SBU song, but yeah, no, it's a. It was definitely fun for me. Uh, we did talk about it in the in the segment show or beyond the bar episode beyond the bar. Um, where we dove a little deeper into to my interview, which we will do again with yours. Um, but yeah, how, how are you, Sam? I feel like you're sitting there quiet. We got to get your voice out here. Let, I'm doing, I'm doing well. Thanks here. for asking. Um, yeah, no, I had a really, really nice holidays with the family, um, the wife's family and my family and, um, looking forward to a few more days off from work and, uh, January January is going to be a big month for us, so we're just uh, excited to be here. Feeling feeling all right. Um, might have the flu, I don't know, but uh, we're still we're still rolling. We're still feeling good. We could be COVID buddies now. It's all right. Yeah, uh. <laughs> I'm just uh, 
you know, a little sneak peek to the uh, to the picks episode. Um, this could be my Jordan flu game, and uh, you're, you're not going to want to pick against me this week. I'm I'm really feeling it. I'm, but you you're know. already winning in the picks, and Jordan came back to win. Well, Jordan was a winner. Really well. He was all, he was always winning. So. <laughs> he was always winning. Uh, again, uh, I think the narrative fits perfectly with uh, uh, with, with the flu game. So, um, or the Lamar Jackson shit game. The poop game. Poopgate 2020. That yeah, it, uh, we don't know. It could be cramps. It could have been cramps. <laughs> God, I say I'm on the side of cramps. I'm on the. I hope. Side. I, I hope. I hope these are just cramps. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. No, we're doing well. How are you, Germ? Oh, I'm doing just dandy. My sleep schedule is so fucked up right now because apparently it's staying up till like, I guess two o'clock Michigan time every night and coming home and trying to to get back on your sleep schedule is really hard. Um, what the hell are you doing <clears throat> that you're staying up so late? Well, here's the thing. We just kept saying, oh, it's only like 10 o'clock our time. We could stay up a little longer. Watch another movie. Oh, it's only like 1.30 our time. Let's watch an episode of something. And then, 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 then it's just late. Um, so yeah, okay. that's what happened. You know, you just, that, that's what the problem is with switching time zones is you just say, oh, our time's an hour earlier, so it's fine. We can stay up it's long. Like Michigan jet lag. Yeah, the car lag. But no, and then every time I go home, my dad likes to stay up and drink beer and do God knows what. Um, we, we played... You should do a late night, late night podcast when you go back home sometime. With my dad, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, funny story about that, and then we'll we'll dive into things here. Um, we went out to a few microbreweries, uh, all places that had outdoor seating and stuff to, you know, social distance and everything. Um, and he, he loves to check in on Facebook. Uh, so I don't know if you yeah, saw these I'm aware. Um, notifications. <laughs> but yeah, he loves to check in on Facebook. And um, I was already a few beers deep in when he checked into the first place, and he's like, beer with the boys i'm like you should tag us like jokingly he's like well how do i do that how do i do that so i showed him and then and he did he tagged us in the first place and then tagged us in the second place um i don't think it helped i don't think we got any new likes it, it did not nothing happened. but hey he the name got out there a little more um yeah. and we, he he's on this uh, micro brew page for chicagoland area mm-hmm. um where it's like guys like him who love beer craft beer and post pictures and like check in where they're at and like the more you check in the more entries you get in a raffle or something i don't know what the hell he was talking about but anyways he took a picture of all three of our beers i had my phone up with the dolphins game i kept trying to get him to say fins up in the post but he wouldn't do it so i love i just want to like because we were texting during that because that was we were i was home at that point i turned it right on the tv i got yelled at i'm like this is a good ass game shut the hell up yeah. watch some damn football yeah and and <laughs> my favorite part is when you said that and he, there were some typos and you were correcting yourself but rob says just breathe yeah and my I'm dad like, told you to breathe germ's dad has to tell me to breathe right now well because here's what happened <laughs> a problem here's what happened you were we were texting back and forth pretty pretty fast like it was yes. text 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 and all of a sudden it was like that last drive i texted you i didn't get anything back for a few minutes i got worried i'm like he's probably <laughs> screaming at the tv Praying, praying, throwing <laughs> shoes, whatever the hell he's doing he over threw there. His phone. Yeah, through his phone, it's gone. Um, my dad's like, "Oh, just tell him to breathe. It'll be all right." I'm like, all right. So, and oh, Rob man. says, breathe. "I was it, as I'm, a, I'm, I'm a happy to be on the winning side of it, 
I would have been completely distraught if I was not. But holy shit, was that an exciting football game at the end there. That was, that was uh, definitely one of the better games of the year. Like there's... Yes, it was terrible right. officiating. It was incredible play by both teams. Hold up. Hold Incredibly up. terrible play by both teams. Rewind. It was everything. Rewind. What was that about the officiating? It sucked. It sucked. Here we go, because now you always used to give me shit about that. But it, Now you're on that it, side no, of things. Okay. It's fine. Did the, did the officiating uh, impact the game more or the terrible coaching? Yeah, I, I think the what impacted it more? Yes. I mean, terrible coaching. Yeah. Absolutely terrible coaching um, on the offensive side for the Dolphins in particular. My biggest thing was the last pass interference call that was called against the Dolphins it's bad on the drive where the Raiders took. Like, dude wasn't even touched and there juju. was a play. You can't on Byron you, Jones. You can't get mad at other people for complaining about the refs and then hope that the refs don't screw you over because it's going to happen. I have a list of. Oh, I know. I have a I list know. of times. And, and the refs helped, helped me in the end. And by calling an obvious play where Ryan Fitzpatrick's helmet was ripped off and had the best no look pass of all time. But. Of oh course, man, no it was, it was an exciting game. I was, I was pissed. I was happy. I cried. I prayed. My firstborn son is officially going to be named Jason after Jason Sanders. Um, I made that deal with the devil when they kicked the field goal to beat the bears one or two years ago. Um, and I made it again. So now it's official. If I don't name my firstborn son, Jason, dolphins are going to suck for the next hundred years. How many other times have you, how many, uh, bet on your firstborn son's name? How many, many kids times. named Jason are you going to have? But but Jason was the only time that How many firstborns I... are going to have? <laughs> Jason is the only name that I have ever said like because everything else like I can I can handle a name Jason. I could do this. And and unless been... you, maybe if you become a polygamist and you just have your firstborn with each of your wives, that oh. then you could you keep these uh, first I like this. So, I, can keep, will... I can keep betting my firstborn. There is a Super Bowl name. in your future. <laughs> Uh, if Hannah's listening, I don't condone that. It's his idea, so apparently he does condone it. She doesn't listen; it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. But anyways, let's get this show on the road. As yes. we always, we'll talk love, about football later. As we always love to kick it off, I've got the timer. You're the guest. You got it. Simmer okay. down. Okay. Sim- simmer down. Simmer down. You're the guest. Did you hit record? Yeah, the, no. Oh shit! We got to go back and do that. That cold <laughs> open. No, it's recording. Um, but as we always like to start, first question of the interview, it's a, it's a, uh, a lob one. We're lobbing one up to you. What are you drinking? Clock's the old, going. The old Piggy 500 question. Um, all right, I brought three different beers up today. We don't need all three of them. Just one. You're right now, I will. Um, <laughs> right now, it was our post for the uh, weekly review, Ugly Sweater Weather by the Fermentorium. Um it's a real. I'd never thought that I would like this much fruit in a beer, um, and it's and it's it's really good. It it, it tastes like it a fruit a cake with beer. alcohol involved. It's a dark yep. beer that's fruity. Yeah, so it's a stout, but it is made. It's it's a it's a Christmas stout, so it is made to taste like a fruit cake, and I I kind of dig it. It's nothing, you know. I'm not gonna sit here. It's it's very heavy, very very heavy. So I'm not gonna sit here and drink more than probably two of them uh but a really good beer the can looks like an ugly sweater if y'all can see that mm-hmm. the listeners can't see that 
Well, you guys can see. <laughs> and uh, Fermentorium, just a, a small local brewery in our neck of the woods. And uh, I, I'm, I was happy to find it. There, it's, it's a spinoff of their regular uh, sweater weather that they come out with each year. And uh, Ugly Sweater Weather was their one to go in addition with it this year for, uh, for the holidays. So that's what I'm, I'm drinking right now. Did you want to do your other two or are you good with that? Um, the other one is the Blue Moon Ice Coffee Blonde, which we reviewed a few weeks ago. And the other one is Loop Station by Eagle Park. Apparently superior, uh, superior discount liquor in walking distance from my place. Has a bunch of Eagle Park there. So I'm oh, very excited about that. Very nice. Sam, <laughs> what are you drinking? Um, I've got a little Crown Royal. Not trying to try to kill off some germs, but also trying to stay stay hydrated. So I've got uh, a little Crown Royal, a little Pedialyte on the side. We're rocking it. What about you? Um, <clears throat> so I, I just finished off this one. It'll be on the review for next Monday. Uh, it's Goose Island's Bourbon County brand stout. Uh, it's a beer they come out with every every Christmas time or Black Friday ish time. Um, holiday season. Holiday season. It's a it's they release it once a year. Um, I got the 2020 version. Apparently, you can buy like there's like 12 different versions of this. Um, but yeah, I got the uh, the original 2021, <clears throat> not the fancy ones because. This was like $12 for this bottle, um, as most of the bourbon barrel-aged anything is. Um, and then I have another Illinois beer that I've got. Uh, probably have one of those. It's uh, Lumberjacks versus... Oh, Hipsters versus Lumberjacks. It's oh. a. It's from Noon Whistle, probably one of the better breweries from my hometown. I don't know what kind of beer it is. It doesn't say on here. But it tastes like cream soda, and it's delicious. So, Ooh. very good. Very nice. That's what I'm drinking nice. tonight. Just trying to stay away from alcohol, because the holidays, I drink too much. Um, but yeah, you put me on a mic, I'm going to drink more than one beer. Alcohol. And that's going to get interesting. <laughs> so we got a couple more days. we got one more holiday coming up I in know, New Year's. That, that's like, my New Year's resolution is to not drink during the weekdays. Except when we're recording. Okay. So, um, so that's like two week, two to three weekdays out of the night. So in the end, I don't know if it's going to do in much, the end is not helping. Yeah, <laughs> so maybe I'll just try to drink one rather than a couple, but it's just so hard. You sit on the mic, you get thirsty cause you're talking a lot and you got to drink. But anyways, this is not about me. This episode is not about me. It's about our friend here, J dog. Um, Sam, do you want to kick it off or would you like me to? You know, I kicked off the, the, the last one, so why don't we, um, I'll, I'll have you uh, take the honors. All right, I'm going to get, get a little corny first, um, and before we dive deeper into who you are, um, I just want to know, what has been the highlight of being a podcast host so far? Just in, uh, in general? Just, just in general, host? yeah. Like what? Okay. That's your favorite part. Good question. Um, mine, and I think I bring it up quite often, is that it is it is like therapy to us. Um, at, uh, yeah, at least on my side, I certainly take it as such. Um, it's somewhere where I I literally just come on here and speak my mind, and you know, 
I, I have you who will, will oftentimes argue a point or argue a, a, a statement or such, which is fine because that's what we would do anyways. So uh, but I don't have, I, I'm, I, it's, I'm capable of just, you know, coming on here and, and speaking and not getting into, because if you go out and you start saying certain things in public, and I don't think I have said anything problematic or anything like that uh, to an extent, um, anything crazy to the, to that extent, but especially in the political episodes, I go out and I say that in front of some people, you're never going to be able to get your point across uh, because some people just don't allow that. They don't, you have a separate opinion from them, game over, regardless of what side of the, uh, of the field that you're on. With you, you are one of those people that does allow somebody to get their damn point across. Uh, and that's why it's been able to do so. So one with the you know political episodes, I was able to, to, to do so and learn a lot by doing the same thing. But at the same time, just use this as therapy as well. When things are pissing me off, when things are bothering me, when uh, things I just want to get off my chest and say and figure out how to make it into a conversation, which we have several times, um, that's truly been the highlight. This, you know, 100% of the time, when we turn off the Zoom call uh, or when we step away from the mics when it's in person, I feel better. 100% of the time, there's never been a time where we just, we stopped recording and I felt like, shit, that could have gone better or something like that. I just feel better because things have gone off my chest and um, it, it, I truly do treat it like a like a therapy session for me. And, uh, um, and, and, and obviously hopefully can continue that into 2021, but that's been the, the primary highlight is I think I'm just a happier person because of this, because I have a, a space to get everything off my chest or most of it anyways. So going back to the, uh, you know, looking forward to 2021 and there's optimism and, you know, hopefully 2021 isn't anything like uh, 2020, which it'll probably be at the start at least, but um walk us through your, your year. I, um, you know, being close with you and, and knowing, you know, talking to you almost every day during the week. Um, it's, uh, it's tough to take a step back and think about like personal growth when you, or, you know, like, just like I have a, a you know, a, 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 almost a four month old, uh, kid and it's, you know, you see them every day, you hold them every day, but all of a sudden you're like, man, you look at a picture and they've, they've grown a ton, right? You know, and it's like, you, you see them every day. You don't see that progression or that growth, but um, walk us through your year and your growth and, and, and how things have um, changed for you. Sure. I think the biggest thing for me, and I think this comes across pretty easily on over podcasting as well is that I am an extrovert. I am somebody that wants to be in front of people or around people. And, and even if I'm in a, in a group and I'm not the one talking, that's where I'm getting my energy from. And that has been something that hasn't been able to occur too often in, in 2020. Um, and it's really been since the beginning, since freaking March, uh, we've been, we've been working from home. And, and so we had two months where it was relatively normal and that really affected me at the beginning at, you know, at the one month, the two month, three month, uh, marks of this whole thing is that I hated it. I was, you know, not only am I extrovert in a sense where I want to be out there, I want to be with people, but I'm also very 
cautious of everything. It's like, if we go out, I'm going to get COVID and this is, this is that I'm going to bring it in. Hannah's going to get it. And then her family's going to get it. And my dad's going to get it, and the whole nine yards. And uh, it was that, that constant battle. And I think as the year went on, I learned how to, I didn't change. I did. I still remain an extrovert, but I learned how to get it in different ways. I learned how to take advantage of the opportunities and, you know, take advantage of the opportunities where uh, at work, we would have our, 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 our meetings and, and, or our, our little happy hours or whatnots, or when we're recording, being able to, you know, really take advantage of that and get more people on there when there was a chance to go out into the world um, and, and just do it more than just going to the grocery store, getting a few things and leaving Tish, taking a drive around, going through a brat fry or something, drive through brat fry or whatever. Um, all those little things. Uh, and then also focus on what's right in front of me. Um, and I think that's a big thing that a lot of people sometimes don't realize is although I would love to be in a big group and, and go to concerts and, and be at a bar or a brewery or anything, you can get that same feeling at home, even if it's just one person. You know, I can hang out with Hannah, I can hang out with my wife and, and my cats and we can just get the makings for old fashions or something and, and, and make old fashions all night and turn on a concert on the TV, whether it's a live concert or a YouTube concert, which there's billions of them that you can pick from, um, but really take advantage of what you have right there and, uh, and, and be thankful for what you have at home. And, and, and there's nothing bigger than that at the, you know, at the end of the day, that is what we have. We have what we have and, and, and we don't need to go out into the world, whether it's a pandemic or a nuclear war or whatever else crazy might go on. Um, you know, it's just respect what you, what you have at home, make the most out of it and, and know that, that people that are, and I, I jokingly complain about it, complain about it as well, that, uh, uh, you know, my marriage is, you know, on a string because we're spending too much time together or anything. But you know, at the same time, the people that do truly feel that way, and I do not truly feel that way, the people that truly feel that way, aren't putting the right work into it. Um, you know, just, just because you're spending too much time with somebody doesn't mean that anything's going to be ruined off of it. Uh, figure out ways to, to make it work. And if it matters to you, you will. And that's what Hannah and I did this year. And, and we learned that, if something were to ever happen like this again, or however long it takes, we're going to be okay. And, uh, and we're, we're going to move on. We're going to move forward and we're going to come out of the, the other side of the tunnel much better than, than how we started. I can attest to uh, the first two months being really difficult for you because in zoom meetings, whether it's a team meeting or a happy hour, you know, Jake would just get to the point of just boiling over and just, just, just yell into the, into his computer microphone, just, just everyone be like, okay, Beckley, you're all right. Yeah. I just had to get off my chest. Yep, that was, <laughs> that was crazy worked up. And even Hannah, Hannah said it multiple times. Like she, she has seen on the outside looking in of like how much I've changed throughout this last year is at the very beginning like that. I just had to yell so many times. And at that time we were living in basically a one room apartment there was nowhere I could go unless I just, you know, go take a dump and just yell and pretend like I was constipated. And, uh, there was that. And then, and then I learned how to, this is how I work from home. This is how I make everything work. And I have my system and we're all good to go. And then I, there, there was cigars and then I'm getting drunk at 9am. It's a whole fucking thing. So 
it's it's been a it's been a wild year. I'm ready for 2021, and I know it's going to be the same for for you know at least a, a couple months here, at least a couple weeks, and uh, I'm just excited for things to be back to normal. One other follow up on your answer: Have you ever driven past a brat fry without stopping? Absolutely not. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. That's as simple as that. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> um, so I guess my next question is going to be, um, you've had, I would say, between summer 2019 to current time, there's been a lot of changes in your life, and you kind of touched on some, uh, some of that growth. Um, between getting married, living in a one-bedroom apartment through a pandemic with, with your wife, um, well, there's just not a lot of space whatsoever. Um, and then moving into a, a house where you have that space, I guess you, you said you grew a lot. Um, what, what do you think the one area is that you grew the most? And where do you think that growth came from? Personally or as a relationship during that time? Uh, either one, take it as you will. Okay. Um, that's a really good question. I like growth questions. I like hearing yeah. where people grew and how they grew or what they, no. what they owe that growth to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's, I think the biggest thing for me was really being in a place where in order to achieve the end goal, truly only give, you know, give your whole, but it's only 50% of the, the outcome, if, if you will. And, and to explain that in, in a marriage or any strong relationship in general, there's a relationship goal at the end of it. And if one person is doing all the work, it's not going to work. And, and so it needs to really be, you know, sometimes, you know, someone's going to have to make ends meet, you know, a little bit, do 75, 25, 60, 40, something like that. But more often than not, it should be 50, 50 between the two people you're giving your whole, but your hundred percent and their hundred percent goes together for that, that, that one goal. Um, and that's been a big thing for me. And it was a big thing during wedding planning for, for that matter as well, is that I'm in a situation where I have always been the type of person where I like to be the person that I just completely know what's going on, completely have that sort of control, kind of a control freak in that sort of instance, um, you know, group projects and whatnot. It's like, I, I'm making the plan. We're figuring this out and, 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 and delegating and such. And that's not how it is in, in, in a marriage or any strong relationship. You kind of just have to trust the other person that, they're going to do their part and you're going to do your part and you're going to be there when you need it. And they're going to be there when you need it. Um, and that was the biggest change for me is there's been a lot of instances where I learned things on, on, on her side where, you know, she prioritizes different. She prioritizes, prioritizes, right. I feel like I prioritize, right. And, and it doesn't always match up. Um, but it, at the end of the day, it's all for the same goal. And, and, and it's all for that same outcome for, for being able to give our future children the, the proper way of life that we want to be giving them, our grandchildren, ourselves, all of that. And, Is this an and, announcement? No, no, no. <laughs> no, not, not that we are aware anyways. Um, it's all for that same outcome. It's for that same, that dynasty, if you will, 
uh, and, and, and being able to really let go of a lot of things, let go of a lot of control. And it's, it sounds obvious, you know, I, you know, it's, it, it sounds kind of crazy in that sort of sense when you say it out loud is like, duh, you just shouldn't have all this control all the time and whatnot. And that's never going to be healthy for yourselves and in and, and your relationship. But that's truly been the biggest thing for me is just being able to say, yeah, this isn't that, you know, I, I just have to trust that this is going to happen and, uh, and, and she's going to take care of these things. And she always does. And, uh, and, and, and move on, but I don't have to be the one to plan out our entire lives and say, this has to be done by this day and moving on. And this is the outline. And this is, you know, we're going to have a kid by now and we're going to have a grandkid by now and we're going to have a house by now and this, that, and the other thing. It doesn't have to be that planned. It doesn't have to be that, that straightforward. Um, really just being able to let somebody else in to, to this mind and the outcome and the goals that I have set for myself and my family that, that's not how it's going to be. It's going to be whatever we decide together is what it's going to be. How have your goals and ambitions and benchmarks changed? Um, if they have changed, I guess, since um, forming a, a union with, with your, your, your lovely wife um, in that, in that same time period, uh, because you know, as, as somebody who's been um, married for, uh, you know, coming up on on five years in a, in a few months here, uh, that's crazy actually to think about that. But um, subtle brag. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's um, uh, you know, speaking from experience, you're plans aren't your plans anymore it's it's our plans right and it's it's our goals and those kinds of things so i guess how have i, I guess if you could dive more into that control aspect or, or theme you're talking about in in your answer to germ's question um that's not easy to relinquish for somebody that you know um has that just natural tendency um or or trait so i, I guess yeah if you could dive more into that is of how you've been able to cope um with having somebody else help shape those goals or just you know uh benchmarks yeah um and and to be honest i'm lucky enough to this point where my goals haven't had to change um we haven't you know ran to a situation where we're we're having a kid um that we're that we're aware of again uh we're and things have have to have to change at, at, at that point um we haven't ran into a situation where she was offered a job elsewhere and which would pull me away from where i'm at and 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 such um and we haven't ran into a situation where the things that either one of us are doing are taking too much away from what we can put into our own relationship um so with that you know i, I don't believe I can answer a fair question to, you know, a statement to somebody who might be in a very different situation um, than, than that. All I know is that my mindset has changed on it where I am very much open and, and, and very much uh, supportive of something changing. 
and and not that I want things to change that I, you know, I know what my goals are. I know what I want to be and, and by when and, and how that all looks in, in my eyes. Um, but I'm very much open to, and this has gone with that growth and being able to let go of a lot of it. And this is something that's changed in the last year, year and a half uh, of something, a wrench getting thrown into that and not even a wrench, just a new opportunity getting thrown into it. Um, I think, and it, and it goes with just kind of not being afraid. And, and, you know, there's plenty of opportunities where, you know, Hannah works at uh, a place where they have openings and opportunities all around uh, the country and, and, and it, it, to some extent the world. And we could get a call tomorrow saying, Hey, we have an opportunity for you in Austin. You want to take it. And, and I would be very upset if she didn't take that opportunity. Like, you know, let's, let's just do it. And, uh, and, and just being able to say, you know what, you do this, you're going to be all right. You're going to continue growing as a person. I'm going to be just fine as well. And just be taking pride in my own abilities and being and confident in my own abilities. Say wherever we go, I'm not afraid of getting myself a job. And if that means that I have to work at a coffee shop for a little bit uh, to, you know, to, to officially get there and to, to what I want to be doing, then so be it. Uh, but, but not being afraid of, of any crazy changes that might happen, happen, uh, be, be confident in, in your own abilities and, and just know that it's all going to come out great in the end. Uh, as long as we're all, if we're continuously fighting for growth, if we're continuously looking for growth, uh, in, in whatever way that might be for us, it's going to, it's all going to turn out in the end. and, and we're not going to hit a, uh, hit a wall. And, and when we do, we'll plow through it and, uh, and we'll be all right. Um, by the time we're retired and happy and watching Miami dolphins win the, win the super bowl in person every year. Be a long time for their next super bowl then. <laughs> well, it's just going to be after this, this upcoming one. <laughs> yeah. well, I like your answer. You're talking, uh, if I, if I'm hearing you right, you're talking about the, uh, the destination is agreed upon and it's still the destination, the goal, but not being too caught up on the, uh, the you know, the, the, the route, the, the path to get yeah. to that destination is it's going to change. And there's going to be a lot of variables to get there, but. Um, yeah. And the, and the, the destination isn't necessarily a location. Right. And, and, you know, it's not, you know, coordinates that we have set is we're going to retire in Miami or we're, we're going to retire in Rhineland or wherever else it might be. Um, it's going to be. Have Miami and Rhineland or ever been mentioned in the same sentence before? Today they have. Today they have. You heard it here for, first, folks. Jeez. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, All right. Um, so, yeah, I want to I want to dive a little deeper back, um, kind of move past the, the present time, if you will, because um, you were a business. You, you got your bachelor's in business. Mm-hmm. Right. Correct. Um, and you left college wanting to do business. Um, and I guess where you are now, definitely, like, as you said, like, it fits you perfectly with the the destination isn't always set. It's more of a, it's a fluid destination. Wherever you're going to end up is where you're going to be. And it's going to be where you're going to make things work. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess what I want to know is what, what went through your mind when you decided to switch up from working at, at the Milwaukee Bucks, um, selling season tickets and different things like that to working in the nonprofit world at a, college 
out in the middle of nowhere and like what that thought process was what what you really like what that thought like i guess just walk us through what went through your mind in that situation when you said hell yeah i'm gonna do this instead of what i'm doing now middle yeah. of everywhere yeah um middle of everywhere sorry <laughs> in lakeland in the middle of everywhere middle of everywhere uh i guess that decision was made long before I worked with the Bucks. Um, as crazy as it sounds, the Bucks were my plan B. Uh, I wanted to be an admissions counselor. I, you know, since I worked at the in the admissions office, I learned that that is what I wanted to do, at least at the beginning. And 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 I learned that higher education, um, working at a, at a college or a university, is what I wanted to do whether that's admissions for the rest of my life or not, it's the, it's the world I want to live in. How did you learn about that? How did you learn that you wanted to do that? Because that's, I think I talked about it a little bit and Derm <clears throat> talked about it in a, in a different vein. Um, but that's not a, you know, people don't think that way. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it just, it, it it's a lot of stuff. And college is where I found myself. Um, high school, I was not looking back at who I was when I was in high school. That's like a foreign person to me. And, and yes, there's bits and pieces of what I did and, and, and who I was at that time. And, and quite frankly, you know, more than I would like to admit who that was that is made up of who I am. Uh, but I didn't, really realize any of that until I was in college and, 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 and at Lakeland for that, that matter, Lakeland truly is the place that I found who I, who I was and, and, and who I'm meant to be and, 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 and who I can continue to, to, to be. It's where I met all my mentors, you know, other than a select few that have continued to play a positive role in my life to this day. Um, it was just going, going through all that and meeting the people and then getting the opportunity to work in the admissions office and seeing the other side of it. My college admissions, admissions process was not normal. It, 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 it could have been a lot better. Um, I was brought up that I was going to go to college. There was never a question that I was going to go to college. Um, and very early on in my senior year, my mom passed away and she was the only one in my family across the board that had any sort of college experience and that took everything away. And, and now it was, this is still the plan, but we don't know what the hell we're doing. And, and let's just go give it a shot. Um, and honestly, I, I, my, my whole plan, my senior year was to go to, uh, at first it was go to the university of Minnesota, uh, because that was just a college that I always liked as a wrestler, I always followed their team. I'm like, yeah, I like there. We're good. I visited them the summer before my senior year. Like it. Great. Let's do this. Applied, got accepted. Yeah. We're all good to go. Fast forward a couple of months. My mom passed away and I'm like, all right, I got to be closer to home. I'm an only child. I got to be able to be there for my dad. If, and when he ever uh, needs, let's go to the, to, to Marquette down in Milwaukee, which was, was less than an hour away and did the whole thing. And that was my entire senior year was I'm going to Marquette. That's what was announced at the end at my soccer banquet. That was announced at my wrestling banquet. That was announced at my choir banquet. That was announced at graduation is that that's where I was going. And, you know, halfway through the summer, I decided, 
that that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to some, some weird thing gave me a feeling that I wanted to go to Lakeland and I, I, I did that. And, and I committed to Lakeland in like June or July uh, before classes started and my admissions counselor at that, that, that time, we all know and, and, and love them uh, the, the, the space and NATO and, uh, and, and he got everything done in like 48 hours and I was good to go. And here we are. And it was, it was just being able to see that and then being able to see that on the opposite end from the point of view of the admissions counselor of how much work that actually took. And, and now doing that as a counselor for multiple students each year, it's like pisses me off every single time, but knowing that I was the other side of that for, for, for so long as well. Um, just being able to, to, to see that and being, knowing how important that was to me at that time and how much of a big thing it was to me then and knowing how much my ambassador was when I toured Lakeland, how important that all was. And it just all kind of led together and it all fit into my brain saying, I want to change lives like people change lives for me and, and doing that. And so to go back to, to Germ's question, wasn't which, which wasn't really answered. It was my bucks were plan B. I wanted to work in an emissions office first. I wanted to do all that stuff first. Um, and I was told no. And I was told, you're not ready for this. You're not mature enough for this. You're not ready for this. And, and in all honesty, I was told correctly at that time. Uh, and the bucks were next on the list. And, and that's what happened. And when I got to the bucks, I, it furthered my thoughts that this is not where I want to be. And fast forward a couple months later, an opening opened up. I was mature at that time. And, uh, and here we are. Um, so it, it's, you know, the business degree was just a, a degree to get me where I thought that I wanted to be. And I learned differently while I was a student and it still helped me get there, but, uh, it's, it, it really was just a, everything kind of just all molding together and, and going, in a weird but right way and just trusting what process that was and just trusting the where the world was taking me and uh and it it led to the right place at least for right now could you walk us through uh your reaction or your next steps to how you dealt with that initial rejection from what you wanted to do and where you wanted to be Uh, when you're talking about being an admissions counselor at lakeland like before I went to the Bucks, yeah. Like yeah. getting getting rejected, being told you're not ready, you're not mature enough, yeah. Whatever else is said, um, and as how you responded, how you reacted to that, how you use that to get to where you are today. Um, yeah. I mean, I was pissed. I was, and not at the person saying it by by any means. Um, Let's put it out there. That person wasn't me. <laughs> no, it was not. No, it was not. But no, I, I, I mean, I was certainly pissed at the, at the situation, not at the, at the, at the people. Um, it, it, that was one of the first of many wake up calls that I, I had during that year. And uh, as I said, I, I truly, I believe I found myself in college as cliche as that found, as that sounds. I figured out who I was and kind of how I tick and what motivates me and, and the type of person that I, 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 I want to be. Um, 
And I took that too far many a times and know that at anybody on the outside looking in definitely could have seen me as, as, as being immature um, just based on, on actions alone. And, and you so company with, yeah. And, and it, 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 it bothered me. Um, and it bothered me at first, but the more that I thought about it and the more beers that I drank, it became more and more clear that they're not wrong. Like I, on one hand, like, yes, I could, I know very well that I could go out and I could do this job and I could do it well, but how is the world looking at me? And how is the world looking at the, at the, at the organization for that? And it's like, I just, that guy just jumped out a window the other day and, or, or, you know, no more than two months ago. And now he's bringing students here is ridiculous. And, and, you know, it took a lot of growing up. So just being able to, to recognize those situations and being able to say, as I got into more of those situations moving forward, that the, you know, they, they just make the right choice here. Don't make the dumb choice. Don't make the easy choice. Don't make, you know, whatever that, that, that might be just start making those right choices and start understanding the consequences of your actions and, and, and all that kind of good stuff. And, and, and just really start looking at things a little bit deeper than this is just who you are. Go and do it. Um, because anybody can make those, those changes and, and say that just because this is, this is who you are and this is the comfortable version for you, it's not what your end goal needs to be. So being able to start looking at myself in a way that start making decisions based on who you want to be, not who you are. And, and it, just doing things like that led me back into that path and, 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 and trusting the process and trusting that there's going to be an opportunity again that I'm only in this place that I am for a little bit. It's gonna, it's gonna pop up, and sure enough, it popped up, and uh, and I was a totally different person than I was, you know, even less than a year ago at that time, because I was, I was looking at things, I was making, looking at things differently, I was making decisions in a in a, in a different level. I can I can definitely relate. I, I had a similar experience, but it it kind of um, by being rejected uh, by not even getting an interview after applying for an admissions counselor job at my alma mater um right after graduating um you know at the time it was it was it hurt but you know i was like well i can't control the you know can't control it so what can i what can i control um and it kind of fits your answer obviously fits in line with um the the theme of of, of previous answers of knowing your goal knowing what you want but knowing that can't always control the path, uh, but you can control, you know, the direction that you're moving and, and heading towards that same, that, that goal that you have in mind. Um, it, it's all, you know, it all, it's all in play there uh, with, with, with your path going from Lakeland to the Bucks back to Lakeland. And uh, I think that's, you know, for, for any listener out there, it doesn't matter where you are in your life. That's, that's always there is it's always, there's always something you want. There's always some next step you want to take, but um, you think you know the path, but the path might not always be the that that path. That path's gonna change a billion times. Hell yeah! Um, <clears throat> well, I, I do appreciate those answers because definitely things that I've never really gotten the chance to talk to you about. Um, and it's cool to hear that kind of side of things. I never knew that you didn't want to work at the Bucks 
or that wasn't your first choice. Because um, definitely back in the day, that seemed like that was your path, and that's where you meant you were meant to be. Um, and I definitely noticed a lot of growth from Bucks J Dog to Lakeland J Dog. <laughs> and let me <laughs> tell you, people. as as your one of your best friends, um, seeing that growth was definitely something that that made me happy. Because uh, there were points while you were at the Bucks where you're kind of easily avoidable when you got home because we were living together at the time and um you would come home at all hours of the night and do different shit like that and it was just like what is this guy doing you know like we were friends we barely hang out all that kind of stuff um but i guess um my next question is more i don't even know like i've got like three questions in my brain i'm trying to formulate which one to to ask next (laughs) um i guess uh wow i'm I'm stumped here they're all like trying to come out at the same time um so you said that you found yourself in college uh was there like one defining moment that was like okay this is going to be the person that i'm shooting towards no matter what this is the person that i want to grow into was it one defining moment and, or was it like a lot of things adding up into who you wanted to be? And if yeah. you don't mind like diving into, if it was one moment, kind of diving into that moment or kind of elaborating on some of the things that kind of led you to finding yourself in college. Yeah. Um, the, in All in all, I mean, it, it, it certainly was a lot of things building together, but I think the moment that I realized kind of who I wanted to be or the role that I wanted to play um, was very early on in freshman year. I think very close to the end of first semester where I was first deemed the name Mac and, and it, yes, it came from sort of my last name, but it, it started as uh, what it was an acronym uh, for for master of the art of communication uh, and 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 that was one uh, deemed to me by um, a couple of our our older fraternity brothers tommy and and and, and ryan and um and 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 jake and and uh, a couple others that were a part of that conversation but this was this was before uh, my my wife before i was in you know anything like that uh, or serious relationship at that time. And I, in, 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 in high school and even before that, I was not a talkative person. I was certainly still an extrovert where I wanted to be around people. And that's why I was in choir. And that's why I went to, you know, various, you know, events and parties and all that kind of stuff in, in, in high school. But I was never the one to be the centerpiece for for anything or start a conversation for that matter i was in choir i was in the back row and if i was in the front row it's just because i'm too short and people needed to see me and and the director thought that i was never the one getting a solo for for various reasons um but when i got to college and and i i i really took the advantage of saying you're in a new place you can make decisions you can be someone totally different and, and I don't think I was anybody different. I just started talking to people. I started initiating the conversations. I don't know anybody, but one person here, maybe two people, I'm going to initiate these conversations. And 
turned out that I was relatively good at that and, and, and being able to continue a conversation and then led to, to that conversation after a couple of too many bottles of champagne that night saying like, you're Mac, this is who you are. You're good to go here. You can talk to anybody. And I'm like, okay, that's yay. I like the nickname. I'm good to go. And it fits. And, and, um, and, 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 and it led me to realizing that I did have a, uh, an ability and just being able to talk to people and, and it didn't have to be in just talking to a girl that night or whatnot, or, or talking to anybody, just talking to people. And, and it led to me asking more questions in class and, and, and leading to, to working for the call team and then eventually in the admissions office and then eventually giving tours and all that kind of stuff. And just being able to talk and, and, and not be that person who I was uh, in, in high school or before that that just kind of sat in the corner and this, I'm just happy to be here. It was, I want to, I want to, I want to be here. And, and it was a, it was a big part of that. And it was just kind of getting over that fear and saying other people are starting to see me as, as, as having a strength in this. Um, let's, let's continue to roll with it. The fact that they ever let me work on the call team is still baffling. <laughs> the fact they let any of us work yeah. on the call team. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I guess, my follow-up question to that, uh, similar to kind of the question I think Sam asked uh, during my hot seat, because um, for those that don't know, uh, J-Dog and I were both in the same orientation group at college. Um, we definitely did not like each other that first time we met. Uh, I was this Chicago suburb kid in a bro tank and a, a backwards hat. He was this kid that was just trying to talk to all the girls in the orientation group. <laughs> And we just didn't didn't get along then. Um, I guess uh, to kind of re-ask Sam's question, I'm quoting you, Sam, so you get quoting rights to this question, um, is when did you realize our friendship was more than a friendship? When we were when we were not just college roommates, we were more of a like a, a lifelong friendship. Lovers. Yes. When when did we when, when did I realize we were lovers? Yes. Um this was the one question that I knew was going to be asked. <laughs> did you prepare for it? I did prepare for it. The, the brother question. Yeah. And the I more brother, that I, not lover, <laughs> the more that I think brother about lover. it, there, there was not a distinct or specific moment. Um, it was just countless moments and consistency and there was never a time where I just didn't feel like you had my back. And, and so, the, you know, there, there wasn't, you know, that first moment where I can look back and that was it. It was just, you just kept being there. And regardless of the stupid shit that I did and, and the, the, the times where any lesser person or any lesser friend would have said, fuck off. And, I'm moving forward because my growth is without you. You were just always there. And you never, you, you never turned away. And maybe we, we, we didn't talk and we cleaned the apartment for a, for a day. Um, but that was it. By the end of the night, you handed me a beer and we put on some music or we put on the Xbox or we put on the office or whatever. And it was all good. Um, you just consistently were there 
And, and that's, it was all that, that just realized that this is the guy that's going to be a best friend for life. This is the guy that's going to be a brother. This is going to be the guy that's going to be the best man in my wedding. And, and it just for, you know, forever seeing the better side of me, knowing that this is not the guy, you know, if I'm making a decision, like this isn't the guy, you know, I know who this person is. I, I, I know what he's going to be. And I know what he's actually thinking. Um, I, so there wasn't, there wasn't a specific moment. It was just a billion moments that just all added together. And it was those choices that, 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 the that, goddamn that Hallmark the, card. what it wasn't just one moment. It was a yeah, billion. It, it was a billion. It was all of them. It was the fact that you were just <laughs> always there. And you know, you, you mentioned it during my time with the bucks, you could have said, fuck off. I thought about it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I would have as well. And you, 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 you could have said that. And in so many other moments, you could have just said, fuck off, but you didn't. Um, you just, you stood there. You knew that it wasn't who I was or who I was going to be. And you were just there. And I think that's what makes it a friendship. A brotherhood. Let me, let me tell you, the cleanest our apartment ever was was when he worked at the Bucks. Because that's the way. Damn right, it was a spotless apartment. That was our way of coping: was just cleaning, not talking to each other, and then an hour later, everything was good. Yep. <laughs> so if you didn't get Here's that, that's that's Here's how a boxer logger. We'll be all right. We would just get mad, clean the apartment, and then we'd be good. I, I, half the time, I think you just did that to piss me off. <laughs> the apartment would be clean. It's like I really don't want to clean the bathroom this week. Uh, what can I do? <laughs> but yeah, no, I definitely appreciate the nice words. Um, yeah, it's always good to hear nice things about you. Um, so one thing I don't want to leave unmentioned, uh, because I know it's a big part of your life and continues to be a big part of your life. Um, I just want you to touch on. I guess it's kind of a cliche question, but uh, like what wrestling has done for either for both i guess your personal and your professional life because i know it's a it's a big part of your life and now that we're stepping into larger roles as as coaches this year um it's going to play even a bigger role and i just kind of want to give you that time to touch on that because i know we didn't didn't dive into it as much yeah and you know and, and i think that's fair i think wrestling plays less of a role in my um, it, I think wrestling plays less of a role in my life than it does um, for for a lot of people who are wrestlers. Um, <laughs> wrestling does not make up my life. Um, I love it. It's a sport that I will always want to be around, and it always makes up a part of who I am. But it's not who I am. Um, I I knew very early on that. I'm not going to be a division one Olympic wrestler. And by early on, I mean like seventh, sixth grade, like this is, yeah, I like it. I don't, you know, I, you know, I, 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 I love it, but it's not something I want to dedicate my life to. Um, and I knew that. And, and I knew very early on that I was going to be a better coach than a athlete. And, and, and I think I've, um, I've shown that in these, these last couple of years. So the, but nonetheless, it still has played for something that plays such a large role in my life. I think it, a lot of things have, 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 have been seen with that. Number one, the most important thing to me that wrestling has done for me is the relationships. We would not be friends if it wasn't for, for relationships and, sure. and for wrestling. 
Um, yes, we would have been in the same orientation group. Yes, we would have been in the same fraternity, but we wouldn't have had each other not going to the meetings because of wrestling. Yeah. And, and we wouldn't have had somebody else in that fraternity at that time, um, you know, not showing up or, or anything like that. Um, we wouldn't have been at the same lunch table plenty of times or breakfast table because of practice or anything like that. Um, so our relationship wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for wrestling and, and a variety of relationships. I don't think I would have the relationship with a lot of people in my life if it wasn't for wrestling, even if they weren't also wrestlers. So you know, even like Hannah, I don't think we would have the same relationship if it wasn't for wrestling, we wouldn't have met in the same way. Um, and, 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 and such. So and but the relationships that I've developed through the sport are are incredible and and they're beyond the sport and you know with you we've already talked about that with Hannah we've already talked about that with the various coaches that I've had in the past I don't look to them for support on just wrestling stuff I look for to them for just a lot of support like Angelo and 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 you know even Chad and and you know the, the list goes on they're not just wrestling coaches to me. They're, they're, they've been mentors and, and, and helped me develop on a professional side of things as well. And on a professional side of things it's to say that there's nothing that's going to be that I'm going to deal with. That isn't harder than what I've already dealt with our very first college practice. We bear crawled a freaking mile. <laughs> Still the greatest story to ever share is like, Hey, Whenever yeah. the kids can find out, yeah, we did this instead. So we yeah. had an eight hour and- workday practice where we practiced for four hours 30 minute lunch break practice for practice five break. hours for the listeners that don't know what a bear crawl is. What's a bear crawl? Bear crawl is when you crawl like a freaking bear, you, you put your hands down and you're crawling and I don't know how to, ex- it's really hard to explain. We did it, it for a freaking mile. And we had all fours. Yeah. yeah. The and on and if hands. we got up to stretch for an extended period of time, start over. You're doing it. This was like one of our first college wrestling practices. And forever, I will be able to say that I freaking did that. And there's not a damn thing that you could give me that's going to be more difficult than that. There's not a damn, th- an eight hour workday. Promise you it's going to be easier than an eight hour wrestling workday. We're halfway through, we're running a mile with a hundred pound chain. And been wrestling for four hours straight. Yeah, it's, nice. and, and getting your ass kicked for four hours straight. And it's so it's just having that list of things that you're going to have that nobody else has done and nobody can give you that's going to be more difficult than that and and there's a reason like why I coach like that and giving hard practices because I want the I, I want those kids to know I don't want anybody else outside of this room to be able to give you something that's going to be harder than what you've already done so let's just freaking do it let's make it happen and 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 hopefully they look to me as, as being one of those mentors in the, in, in the future that help lead them where they are. Uh, if they don't, that's okay. Uh, you know, there's, there's coaches that I've had where I don't feel the same. Uh, and like, ah, I could have done without them. They didn't really play too much of a role in my life and that's okay as well. Um, but just being able to just say like, I've done stuff harder than this. That's going to be okay. And no matter what happens, at least I don't have to bear crawl another mile. And then when you get too comfortable, you go out and bear crawl a mile. You just see what happens. 
Um, I do have a follow-up question more that's still related to wrestling, um, but more focused on the coaching side of things. Um, and I know I have a few in mind, uh, especially since we've been coaching together. Uh, but is there like one, I guess, athlete that you've coached that's just really stood out or just made a difference in, on you based on like the growth they've made or the changes they've made or just whatever it is and like what kind of changes did they have on you or effect did they have on you? Yeah. Um, I think absolutely there has been. And, and this isn't pandering at all, but you know, he might be listening to this episode. Um, his, uh, his son, um, and, and I won't drop names right here, but you know, you know who I'm talking about here. He, he was just one of those guys where he just worked hard from, well, I guess he didn't work hard on day one, but on day two, he worked hard. You know, he knew what he had in front of him and he used that. And, and let's give him a nickname. So people don't just save his, you know, anonymity, but give him a nickname for the, uh, his, his name will be DJ. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and he just, you know, on day one, it was, you know, our first day, it was like, what the hell are we doing? I think we'd left that being like, well, shit, <laughs> what? What did we, we get ourselves up. into? Um, but on day two, we, we kind of, you know, we, we got it all together. And I think the first day we had it all together is when we had our first bullying scandal and we were pissed off about it and they knew what we were all about finally. Um, but nonetheless, like DJ uh, knew what he was, what was in front of him. And, and, and it seemed like he realized the opportunity in front of him and he realized that he had a lot more to him and, and, and he worked his butt off while we were there, when we were not there, uh, in the off season, during football, during baseball, during, you know, just everything. He started to get that realization that just work your butt off while you're here. And, and you got 22 other hours a day to relax. And, but for the two hours you're here, work your butt off. Cause it's going to pay off for you. And we're seeing that pay off. Um, and, and, and it's so awesome to see that at the high school level. And it's so awesome to, you know, to see and hear that that relationship meant something. Um, Cause I think those are, are two of the, my, my favorite parents that we work with and they don't cease to, to let us know that, uh, that, we're, that we're doing a good job on things <laughs> as well. So um, they might've given me the most pissed off moment in coaching that I've ever had uh, one time, yeah. but they've given me the, the, at least the top three most uh, exciting moments of, of my time. And, uh, and it was just, you know, and, and, and he is one of many of, of, of course that have, have stood out to me, but he is, he's been one that I really have looked at as, as sort of a little brother uh, in, in, in a lot of senses and, and, and just happy that he took to it and is continuing to develop. And, um, and he's going to have a lot of success, whether it's on the mat, whether it's on the, on the field or, or whether it's in life or all three, uh, he's going to have a hell of a lot of success. And I'm excited to see it all all play out. Earlier, you talked about, you mentioned a few times that who you were in high school is completely different from who you are now. Um, but there has to be at the core a, a lot of similarities or some similarities or at the core, like these are things that I was in high school and I still am, but I've changed these other aspects. But um I guess to keep with the wrestling theme, you've wrestling has been a part of your life since since when? Since I was two. 
So first time was on Matt. You've changed a lot since you were two. A little bit, maybe. You grew a beard. Like came potty trained, <laughs> like dress yourself, tie your um, shoes, bathe yourself. Sometimes. Um you can legally drink. Um but so wrestling has always been a part of your life, but how have you changed as a wrestler as your as you've grown as a person? Um I guess specifically maybe some specific benchmarks like maybe at the beginning of high school, end of high school, beginning of college, end of college, like did you as a wrestler or you as a wrestling coach change as you grew? Does that make sense? Like, and yeah. if so, how? And, and I think it, it, it kind of goes back to what I already said is I learned early on that I was not going to be some state of the art hall of famer, anything special in this sport athlete. Um, I learned, you know, started, competitively wrestling when I was uh, in third grade. And by the time I was in eighth grade, I, I, I certainly realized that, that this, I love being a part of this sport and this is what I want to do. And this is what I want to, you know, to, I, there's no other sports that I want to be a part of. Uh, and, and I have some sort of natural talent at that um, and going into high school. And while in high school, I realized this is not what I'm going to be. And this is not, I'm not going to be, you know, and I was, you know, call it, call it luck or call it whatever you want to call it. I was next to a guy that in wrestling with a guy that it is what it's going to be for, for, for him. And he can do so much more, of course, but he's uh, very successful in this sport and will continue to be very successful for a long time. Um, but I, I had a, a wake up call saying that, that I'm not going to be a division one wrestler. I'm not going to be an Olympic wrestler. I'm not going to be, I'll be a college wrestler, but I'm not going to be anything special. And, and that I'm, and I, though at heartbreaking at first, I was very okay with it because I, I, I also knew that I'm going to be a much better coach than I was an athlete. And, and cause I could just, I, I just saw it kind of differently. I, I knew the importance of what I was doing. I just didn't have the natural skill to be able to do a lot of it. And, uh, um, and the natural toughness to be able to do a lot of it at, you know, at the, at, at the same time. So that's when I knew that I want to be doing this. I love doing this. I'm going to work my ass off to get, you know, hit these goals, but I, you know, it's, 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 I'm not doing this to be able to go to college or, or, you know, continue my life. And, and when I went to college, it kind of furthered that, that development. And when I was in college, I was, I, it was very important to me to focus on what I was doing and, and getting tougher while I was doing it. Um, but more so doing it to be able to teach it and, and, and be able to coach it in the, in the future. And that's what a lot of college was for me. Um, was being able to pass this on to the next generation. Uh, so it's, it, it kind of just started early on that, you know, I knew that I wanted to coach it. I knew I wanted to be around it and I knew I loved this sport and I knew it played a positive role in my life. And, and there's a lot of things. And I already said, there's a lot of things that we've done that nobody has done. Um, but it was, it was, it was very much focused on, on learning the skills that it, that is needed. And for me, one of the greatest skills that you can have is just simply toughness and mental toughness. And, and that's a lot of how I coach and, um, and, and German, I have totally 
different. Well, we have totally different, but totally the same coaching styles in that sense where he can teach anything and everything uh, and every move and, and one of the best technicians that I have ever known um, and, and, and seen. Well, I'm very much, we're going to get freaking tough today. We're going to get on the line and we're going to run a million sprints and, and somebody's going to puke and we're going to be all right. Cause nobody else has done that today. Um, and, and it's just been, um, just being able to, to, to visualize, visualize as, as it went, what I wanted that outcome to be for me. And, and it wasn't to be an Olympic gold medalist for me. It was to, to, to end up coaching an Olympic gold medalist one day, hopefully. And, and see what happens. This is a question for both of you. And I know this is well, so Jeremy, you're not in the hot seat, but just I to guess... uh, just to let you know that was the timer if you didn't hear it. But Uh-oh. they poured an extra drink, so we got a little extra time here. <laughs> they're, they're gonna wipe down the bar while we finish talking. That's right. Last call. Um what is 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 there something that you learned both as a as a coach that you whether it's you know and i'm guess it's not a skill or it's not but it could be something like something like a, a mentality or something that you learned um or saw or wanted to emulate, emulate as a when you were coaching um that you wish you knew when you were a wrestler or you wish you had figured out when you were a wrestler is there something that you figured mm-hmm. out as a coach that like man if i would have if I would have had the same mentality, or if I wish, or if I would have learned this from this person, um, maybe things would have been a little bit different. And, and, and I know we're talking about like there's natural ability and there's freak things like injuries that happen and those kinds of things. But um, wrestling is also a sport of just also there. A lot of it is, and I don't know the percentage because I, I haven't wrestled. Um, but when there's even skill sets, the person with the sheer willpower i'm guessing typically comes out on top yeah um so yeah to to go off of what you just said um wrestling is probably like 75 percent mental 25 percent skill um 100 and i mean those numbers fluctuate obviously because there's guys that are just out of this world talented at this sport and just have that freak natural athleticism that just fits this sport and you can go back through the books, and there's guys that started their freshman year of high school and won three national championships at the Division One level, which is just insane. Um, but to go back to like the, the actual question, um, this was something that I knew when I was wrestling, but ultimately was cemented in my brain once I started coaching. And I think it's those that want to be coached, will be coached, and will reach their goals. Um, cause I knew this as a wrestler, like obviously everyone like at some point realizes this, but there's the time in like your wrestling career where you're just not there. You're not, you don't want to do this right now. Um, you're tired. You've been cutting 30 pounds this week, like whatever the reason is. And it's just like not that time for you. Um, but going back to like relate this to like my middle school years like that definitely wasn't my mindset going into a middle school practice where um like my dad would drive us 30 minutes to and from every three nights a week uh just to practice and uh never really like super appreciated at that time because like it was we got home from school we scarfed down dinner we left um and that's just something that like 
as a kid, you're not like, well, this is just too much. Like, what am I, why am I doing this? And you kind of go in with that mindset. Um, so it's something that I definitely learned at a later age and definitely really got cemented when we started coaching because there's definitely those kids that show up because they just want to say they're a wrestler and not actually want to be a wrestler, if that makes sense. Because um, there's like there's kids that are just uber-focused and uber-in-the-zone every time you show a move and whatever it is, and they just buy in right away. And there's like athletes or kids, whatever you want to call them, uh, that, that struggle with that, like that buy-in moment. And that was something that I definitely wish I could have been like, Hey, middle school, me, you're actually pretty good at this. Like buy in now <laughs> rather than your junior year of high school when people are telling you to do extra things and now you bought in, but you're still, you're, you're four years behind all these other guys. Um, so that's something that it's still a struggle though, because you want every kid to do well and like every kid to learn this move, every kid to get what you're teaching or figure it out and have that light bulb go on. That's something that like is a big wrestling term that like that light bulb flicks on and these kids are just monsters. Um, that's something you want for every, every athlete you coach. Um, but I think it's really something that you as an athlete have to figure out and that like middle school time is kind of a big point to kind of figure that out, like middle school, high school. And it, it took me a while to like figure that out. So I wish if I could know something now back then, it would be just, just buy in right away and don't, don't fight it. Yeah. Um, hundred percent that. And, 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 and what I'll add is that that room is your sanctuary. And no matter if you're a coach, if you're an athlete, hell, I don't know. I've never been a, I've never been a parent into in, in that room yet. And, uh, um, but hopefully one day, uh, nine, I'll, nine months. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> Give me 11. Um, and, but it's, it's your sanctuary, man. And, and, and I think this goes for every sport or every talent and every interest that people have. An art room can be a sanctuary. That football field can be your sanctuary. That practice room when, you know, when you're playing the trumpet can be that sanctuary. Treat it as such um, and continue to treat it as such. I was lucky enough to not need a sanctuary of, of, of a sort until my senior year of high school. And uh, and then my mom passed away about a week or two before the season. And then I realized that that was the hour and a half, two hours, two and a half, whatever long it was that day where I didn't have to think about anything else. And people can, you know, some people, you know, in math class, I don't, you know, I'm thinking about math and whatnot. You're still thinking about the shit that's going on in your life and, uh, and, and, and anything else. And, and for me, wrestling just was that place for me um, that once that, that three o'clock hit until five o'clock, I wasn't thinking about anything else. And when five o'clock hit the same problems were going to be there, but at least for those two hours of the day, I'm able to relax and it goes and it expands all the way up until this podcast right now. And I talked about it at the very beginning of this thing that it's given me that one, two, sometimes three or four hours where I don't have to worry about anything else. This is it. 
being in front of this microphone is that sanctuary and, and wrestling is what started that. So when you have those problems, whether it's at home or whether it's with your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, you know, whatever else might be going on, take advantage of that. Go in there, let your mind loose for that hour, that two hours and just see what happens. And, and it was a hundred percent what sort of saved me at that time is I wasn't going home just dwelling on everything that was going on. Uh, I was going somewhere and kicking some ass or getting my ass beat depending on the day. And, uh, and it all turned out all right. And, and being able to, to utilize that and use this room as, as your sanctuary or as your therapy or whatever else it might be. And now it still gives you use for that as a, as, as a coach is there's too much going on in there for you to worry about anything else. And you, you know, you're, 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 you're going in there. And for us as coaches, we get to forget about our problems outside for, for a little bit. And, you know, I, I got, I, I learned that the hard way. Uh, I wish I would have learned it early on. And, and wish I would have learned that when I was going through a relationship breakup or something like that early on, and or I was stressed out about some tests or something that nothing matters for the next two hours, you go out there, just do it, work your butt off, worry about it later. And, you, and you'll be all right. Does the uh, incredible wisdom you guys both just spit there, does, does that ever come up in, 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 t- in talks or addresses you have with your your team that you help coach together you co-coach together nowadays or um because i'm 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 guessing if i'm a sixth seventh eighth grader i'm listening to what you guys have talked about there or i'm reminded of a different parts of the season that seems pretty impactful i think in a way yeah maybe not as direct as it was just stated um but we definitely preach like wrestling is more than just a sport and i think in a way that's kind of what the sanctuary or like what your your place is because we say it's still like that first practice of the year like oh it just feels good to feel the mat on your feet again because that's something now that we we don't have access to as naturally as we used to um but i don't think that's something that necessarily we we preach as much um Maybe that's the that hard ass kind of mentality we try to instill is like this is a place where we work, but you know, I, I guess it's never just come up as naturally or as direct as he said it. Yeah, they both feed into each other extremely well, of um, being coachable, being focused, but that comes with knowing that this is this space is your escape, the space is your sanctuary, the space is nothing else matters on the outside right now. It's you and your partner and the coaches and the mat, like, you know, and it helps with the focus. It helps with knowing what your objective is for the next two hours or however long it is. And um, yeah, I'm fired up. I'm ready to start wrestling. Let's go. <laughs> um, so I have questions too. That was awesome. I don't, I don't mean to, to cut any questions short or answers short, but that was the end of happy hour. Um, and we do like to leave a little time for our guest to ask us questions. Um, so do you have any questions for us? Yeah, I got one fun one and one one serious one right. here. Which one do y'all want first? You choose, dealer's choice. All right, we'll, 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 we'll start fun and we'll get serious again. 
So we'll bring up a little bit of sports. Um, but as y'all know, and I, and I think everybody that personally knows me well, is I absolutely fucking hate the New England Patriots. And after this week, in after last night, we're recording this on a Tuesday, they just got trounced by the Bills last night. Um, I put together what four games, we're not talking about outside moments here, but what four games ended the Patriots dynasty. And we can all say when Tom Brady left, that was the end of the dynasty. No, we're talking games. When was the, what for each of you, when do you think was the official end of the Patriots dynasty? Was it, I got four options. Last year when the Dolphins beat them in week 17 and took them from being the number one seed to having to face the Tennessee in the first, in, in the first round of the playoffs and wildcard round. Was it when Tennessee beat them in the playoffs last year? Was it when the Dolphins eliminated him from the playoffs this year, last week? Or was it last night when the Buffalo Bills officially trounced them after they got eliminated from the playoffs? I believe those would be the four games that ended the Patriots dynasty. What do y'all think? The Miami mm-hmm. Miracle. Easy. That was supposed to be the start of their, their Super Bowl film. The the documentary of that season. And it was not. Um and it knocked them down to a, a previously Dolphins quarterback who was the best game manager in the playoffs that season. Um, and I think that officially ended the dynasty. The beginning think, of the end. I think that's what gave the idea for Brady to leave and go somewhere warm. Okay. Excellent. You know, I think starting like 2017, started. you know, the, the question started creeping in. When When's it going to be the end? When's it going to be the end? Is Bill Belichick going to be the end? Is or you know when is he going to retire? When is Tom Brady going to retire? Um, and I think it be started, it started becoming louder and louder. And then in 2019, and then you started hearing like there wasn't a lot of cohesion, like you know the, of like that good partnership of or teammates like working together or team you know pe- people on a on a team or you know workplace working together well. And uh, so I don't know. I think those are four good choices, but I, I, I think the end of the dynasty had to be the end of the 2019 season when, you know, the Patriots won their last Super Bowl and probably will be their last for a while. Hopefully. You um, think they knew after that Super Bowl that it was over, that that was it. I think, I think they're the, the right people knew, or, you know, I think people like Tom Brady knew it was like, I don't want, this is a great run one of the best runs of all time. Um, but I've got a little bit of ball left in me and I'm going to do it as a situation where it feels better, like a better workplace environment or a better, you know, something, you know, or I, I, I think it just, I think they still love each other, Bill and, and, and Tom and, and everyone else there. But I think it's just, it was just like, you can take, take some time now, like this, isn't the same as it was, or I, I don't know. I, I don't want to speculate of what happened because I'm not a Patriots fan, nor do I read all the tea leaves and, and, and rumors, but um, it started, it just, it just felt like that last championship was, they, they can't accomplish more. So it was, it was something that I had to give and I don't know. All right. Hit us with all the right. serious one. What was that? Hit us with the serious one. Yeah. All right. So uh, this is one. Take it as you will. Um, 
you know, hundred percent. This is one of the favorite questions that I, that I, that I ask people throughout my life here is if this was the last conversation that we ever had, uh, if, if time, the, the zoom call ends and this is it, uh, what, what final words, what final statement, what final bits of advice, whatever it might be, what would you leave me with? That's a grim way to end a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm going to die. I'm just saying. I would say to you from what you've spoke about a lot today is to stay on your path and don't let anything waver or take your focus off of what you're trying to accomplish. Because it sounds like you've got a good plan that's open to a lot of opportunities and you should just forge on ahead and not let that waver. Um, I'd say something similar. I, I would say that you're an incredibly passionate person and you're an incredibly driven person. Um, and you're also an incredibly, and I don't want to be this in the, in the, in, um, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, I guess. Uh, but you're incredibly an emotional person, like an enthusiastic person. And sometimes emotions can cloud your vision or derail your day or derail your, you know, the, it takes a second to realize where you are and what your path is and where you're still headed. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess just to, to keep that in mind of even when the rough points hit and, you know, it don't let it derail where you want to be headed and let it derail your, you know, uh, your, your, your mood and just keep things in front of you and keep things knowing that, Hey, is it just a little blip on the radar? Um, I think everybody should be, you know, uh, reminded of that daily. I, I know I, I need to be as, as well. It's something that's like, yes, take things seriously like we all do, but also take things with, with some perspective and some patience. Um, and, and maybe I'm giving myself some more advice here, but I think everyone, it's a good advice for everybody, but it's like, every problem is not a, a 10 on, on the scale from one to 10, you know, it, it may feel like that. And it's good that it does because it means you care. Um, but, but keep things in, in, in perspective of which tens are priorities, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I don't mean that for the workplace. I mean that just for, for life in general and relationships and your marriage and your friendships and how you deal with um, good things and, and, and things that are, are challenges too beautiful Boom. i love it i love it and yeah. with that i have been scooter he's been j-dog he's been sammy the shark and this has been happy hour with beer with the boys and as always we love you good night